recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On the show today, we'll be talking about my first pay-per-view main event with John Cena. But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, Paul Bromwell. How you doing today, Paul? Hey, Kurt. Doing great. Uh, actually doing really, really well. I'm excited to be here with you this week. We have lots to cover and a few things to cover right at the top of the show before we get into that first pay-per-view main event with John Cena. Kurt. Did you really buy a golf cart? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did. Yes, I did. We bought it specifically, believe it or not, to pick my kids up at the bus stop up the road. (laughs) We drive down there. My wife and I, we look like fucking idiots. (laughs) (laughs) And it's all red, white, and blued out. Yeah. And we're also going to drive it around during Halloween. We're going to show off our Oh, there you go. Red, white, and blue. It's all Olympic looking and everything like that. Patriot. Yeah. Take the kids around from house to, or you just drive around, let the kids walk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what you do. You'd be like, all right, guys, next well, house, M- mommy and daddy. That, that would be here. mean considering it seats five. So. Oh, okay. Are you the only family that you know of in the neighborhood that has a golf court? You yes, sons of yes, bitches. We're the only ones. <laughs> there's like, there's that a damn Olympic hero strutting ass around the neighborhood in his Olympic golf cart. <laughs> it is. It looks Olympic too, man. <laughs> I saw it on social media. And I'm like, I'm going straight for it as soon as yeah, we, we open the show. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's, I mean, that's cool, man. I, I, it's, I saw it all red, white, and blue, pimped out, and I thought, is this real? What's what's happening <laughs> at the Angle House now? So, uh, good shit. Hey, uh, we'll keep it going because I said we have a few things to address right at the top. Also, uh, let's hit on that sports note at the top because, buddy, now you're on a roll. The first week you sucked ass, you won zero and two, but now you're coming out swinging, and you're four and two. You the last two weeks four and zero. We saw uh, the 49ers. You picked them. They defeated the. Giants and the Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the Raiders. And, uh, man, so we're going to keep it going. I need right. your ankle lock and your ankle upset upset for week four. Well, I'm going to go. Oh, uh, this is an easy one. Kansas city chiefs versus the jets. I'm picking the chiefs. That's your lock. Yes. That's okay. my lock. Now my upset, I don't know if it's an upset, but I know they're the underdog. It's the Dolphins over the Buffalo Bills. Ooh. Bills are actually favored to win. I know they're two and one, and the Dolphins are three and oh. Dolphins have come in, you know, started the season red hot. So I'm not sure why they're the underdog, but they are, and I'm picking them. 70 points last week, Kurt. They put on the board, the Dolphins. They won 70 to 20. That's unbelievable. <laughs> they're the underdog this week. Crazy. Well, man. you are going into Buffalo. That's going to be the that's one of the highlight games of the week. So we'll see how you do. He's picking Miami as his underdog. And then uh, the Chiefs going over on the Jets. A lot of games, man, in the Survivor League. So Kyoto over on the mailbag on Ad Free Shows, we're doing a Survivor League over there. And you get three strikes and you're out. And you can't pick the oh, same God. team. So I'm two and I'm, I, I've, I've uh, one strike because I picked Jacksonville to go over on, on the Texans. And the fucking okay. Texans won. <laughs> so this week I'm picking the Vikings to beat uh, the Carolina Panthers. Now, they're going to Carolina. And it would be Minnesota's first win. I just can't see Minnesota starting 4-0, dude. Or 0-4, you mean. Yeah, that's what I mean, 0-4. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Hello. I can't see them starting 0-4, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I can't either, man. They're too good of a team. Yeah, you got to think so. Well, listen, speaking of ad-free shows, Kurt, uh, over on ad-free shows, I don't know if you've heard about it or not, but there is a tremendous bonus series over there called The Insider Insiders. Conrad sits down each month with key contributors behind the scenes in creative. They could be in production, maybe booking, agenting. And this month, former WWE artist Tom Fleming sat down to discuss some of the iconic artwork and gear that he created 
created. Listen, he created during his time in the nineties, Papa Shango, uh, gear, the undertaker Tatanka, and razor Ramon and buddy. We have a clip to play of just a snippet of what you can hear over at ad free shows and see uh, on the network. Check it out. Scott Hall, for example, uh, one of the more appreciative uh, wrestlers, when he found out that I designed his costume, uh, came down um, and he, you know, he said, "Hey, you, you know, you're the guy that uh, you're the guy that uh, is designing my costume." I said, yeah, he goes, "Hey, let me ask you, let me ask you a favor, brother." He's like, uh, "I've been working way too hard on my legs. Uh, can you do me a favor and turn those, turn the pants into trunks?" And I was like. No problem, man. We'll take the razor blades <laughs> off the pants. We'll put them on new pads, and we'll we'll turn them into trunks, which is which is what we did. Wow, that's awesome, dude. Where are you gonna else? Are you gonna get this inside baseball? You're talking history, man. This is I great know. stuff. You know, it, get, get, getting people from behind the scenes to talk—that's awesome. Yeah, and the creative process, how it came together, and uh, you aren't going to find anything else like it at, at, unless you're over on adfreeshows.com. They're adding constant content. Uh, you can catch the insiders, this whole interview with Tom Fleming, plus thousands of other hours, exclusive series, the book with David Crockett, my own Monday mailbag with Mike Kyoto. Tuesday with the Taskmaster with Kevin Sullivan. I told you last week, Kurt, I'm I'm into that show now. I'm hosting that one as well. I would love to be a part of that, man. <laughs> Kevin Sullivan's awesome. Man. He is the man. Yeah. We have a lot of fun. Uh, and you guys can sign up and be a part of it now. There's a special offer. New subscribers save 20% off their first month by going to adfree20, that's 20.com. That's 20% uh, off month one right now. Adfree20. Dot com. Take advantage of it. I'm telling you, you're not going to regret it. Just ask the members over there. Uh, I know they've got some stuff planned already for 2024, uh, maybe the beginning of 2024. Lots going on in the works for uh, ad-free shows and uh, all the members over there next year. Kurt, uh, one of the things that I wanted to address as well up top here is there's been a lot going on in the world of wrestling and some of the guys that you know really well have been impacted right so the wwe has said goodbye to some talent um and this includes guys like dolph ziggler shelton benjamin uh have you talked with those guys at all or anything i i told shelton good luck in your future endeavors and he just said thanks brother but uh, i was really shocked to see that yeah, uh, especially Dolph, <laughs> you know, uh, what he's contributed to the business the last 12 years. Uh, it's nothing short of amazing, but also Shelton. Shelton's so incredible in that ring. Um, I'm just surprised they they were let go, but I understand, you know, they're, it's business. Business is business, and that's how it's going to happen. Well, I'll tell you what, man, we got our guy, Derek Sabato. That's right. He helps with a lot of research on this show, trying to uh, burn up some phone lines to see what we could work out maybe down the road. Cause I think Shelton be would be a great guest. Number one. Oh, you know, I agree. So Dolph. Angle and yeah. off, but, but, uh, I went former amateur wrestlers. Yeah. I went Shelton first as a team angle, uh, and the team angle link we've had Charlie. Uh, so it'd be cool to finish, complete that, but yes, Dolph would be a home run as well. So, uh, listen, they're going to land on their feet. Who knows where, I mean, I'm sure we're going to see him in in another promotion if, you know, or, or something of that, uh, you know, something out there in in the, I see them going to another promotion. They're not done with their careers yet. And Elias, man, he had a cult following and he's gone. Right. So, uh, we'll see what happens with him as well. Uh, Very but then, talented. I love the whole guitar gimmick. It was awesome. Then, uh, we move forward, lots of cuts, lots of changes. And the big signing comes out Jade Cargo, who recently had her AEW contract expire. Uh, have you seen any of Jade at all or her work hurt? <laughs> you know what I saw? I saw a video of her. She looks bigger than me. <laughs> She's jacked. Oh my God. (laughs) That girl has an incredible future, man. Uh, Her, her physique. WWE's going to love her. (laughs) She's superhero. She could go on any Marvel movie tomorrow. Right now. Yes. She, not only does she have the look, she has the athleticism. She has the personality when they've given her the opportunity uh, to spit fire from time to time on the mic. So 
WWE is going to take her and it's it's off to the moon. She has an incredible future in front of her. Yes. yes. All right. Final piece of business, as they say, before we get started. A lot of rumor and innuendo, as my buddy Conrad says, that there uh, may be an edge sighting potentially in AEW soon. Uh, maybe even debuting at Wrestle Dream. What do you think about that? Do you see Edge showing up in AEW at all? I think Edge is loyal to WWE. Um, he's been loyal since day one. Uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, a lot of other wrestlers have crossed over, uh, especially his best friend and kind of brother, Christian. But I just don't see Edge doing that. I really believe he's going to be WWE for life. Okay. We will see what happens, and I can't wait to get your reaction if he does. I know. I look like an asshole. <laughs> That's okay. That's what this show's about. No, not you looking like an asshole, but us getting your reaction to this type of stuff. It's yeah. fun. It's good to hear. All right. So uh, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about John Cena as well, because we are going to talk about your first pay-per-view match uh, with John Cena from 2005. He's returned to the WWE, Kurt, recently. He's going to be a big part of the upcoming Fastlane premium live event next week. Um, he's going to be taking on the bloodline in a tag match with Jimmy and solo and a, it's actually a two on one handicap match, but this is a pretty big deal here. Cena against the bloodline. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal for the bloodline. I mean, yeah. they're going to face one of the greatest of all time. John Cena. I think it's a great opportunity for them to get in a ring with somebody who's that big. It is. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So, guys, if you don't aren't planning on watching it, check it out. Fastlane. Kurt and I need to get back to doing some of our pay-per-view prediction shows. We were having some fun with that. Our schedules have been insane. And, uh, Kurt, I know you're all wound up in not only what you're doing there. you got a house renovation going on. you got kids that need to go to swimming practice. you got all kinds of shit. You're going to study a movie script right now. I have a movie that I'm doing uh, at the end of the year. So I, oh. I, I'm busy right now, man. He's a busy little beaver over there in Pittsburgh, and uh, we're having fun keeping an eye on Kurt. So speaking of John Cena, as I said, he's a big deal. We're going to get into our topic. It is your face pay-per-view pay-per-view main event against John all the way back in 05. It's unforgiven. And Kurt, we're picking up where we left off from SummerSlam 2005. Uh, we talked about it last month, that stellar match between you and Eugene, one for the history books. Uh, but the whole plan of moving you to Raw from SmackDown was to put you in that program with John Cena, right? Yes, it was. They wanted me to get John Cena over even more. Uh, he, he was doing really well at this particular time, but, um, they wanted to give him a little bit more of a push. And, uh, so they utilized me to do that as they should, Kurt, you were on fire at this point in the raw after SummerSlam guys, listen in 2005, if you, uh, are looking for a good match to watch, sit down, turn on raw after SummerSlam, it's Kurt angle against Shelton Benjamin, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know what? I never thought in a million years I was going to get in the ring with him. I thought we'd be together and we would never, you know, cross paths, just be on the same team. But man, when I had the opportunity, uh, we both stepped up. And we, we delivered. We should have had more time. Be honest with you. Yeah, it was 12 minutes, 50 seconds, but it is one of the better singles matches you're ever going to see, especially at that time on Raw. And I want to read what old uh, Dave Meltzer has to say about Ooh. it. We know he didn't give you five stars, but we'll uh, we'll continue to read what not. he says. Yeah. Angle beat Benjamin in a three and three quarter star match. If they had four more minutes, they probably would have topped four stars. Oh. Wow. Okay, thanks, Dave. Great wrestling, and the crowd was going nuts for every near fall by the end. By the end, Ross and Coach, JR and Coach, were arguing over a total logic disconnect. Coach started talking about how great Angle is because he's the heel announcer and cracked on JR for running down Angle and saying he sucks. The problem was being that Ross had the mentality that since Angle is getting the next title shot, not to mention that he's having this great match, he had done nothing but praise Angle the entire match. Ross then sort of brought, a, brought all that up, saying he never said Angle sucks as a wrestler, and then Jonathan Coachman seemed to have a total disconnect. Like, Ross isn't playing his role, and he didn't know what to do next. So there's this, like, interesting dynamic. So, guys, if you're looking for a reason to watch this match outside of great wrestling, now you got to listen to these two commentators uh, and how they're trying to keep up with each other throughout this thing. 
Oh my God. It was a train wreck. Yeah. I, mean, you know, I, I didn't even realize it till I watched it, you know, a few weeks later. And I was like, what the hell are they talking about? They're, they're disagreeing about agreeing. I, yeah. I didn't really know what was going on. As I said, go back, find it on Peacock, and uh, and you can check all that out there. Kurt, later on that night, Chris Jericho, who, by the way, is still kicking ass and taking names, leaves the WWE after his match with John. It was a loser-gets-fired match. And, and at this point, Jericho had been with the company for the better part of six years here, and it, it was time for him to take a break, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, I knew he he was about due for a break. Uh, he, was been, he was wrestling full-time for, like, God... Uh, 16 years, uh, oh, 10 yeah. years with WCW and six with WWE. And I knew that Jericho wasn't going to go to another company. I knew he was going to stick with WWE. So he was just taking a break. So Cena gets the win and then you come out and in a deathly serious tone, destroy Cena and the raw general manager here, good old Eric Bischoff. He comes out and announces that you're getting the next title shot. So this is exciting. Uh, this is a much different Cena than three years ago, though, Kurt, when he was a rookie. So are you excited about, hey, now I'm getting a little bit more polished John Cena to work with with him being on top? Yeah, he was definitely more polished. Um, he was a lot better than he was his rookie year. I wrestled him probably three or four times his rookie year and maybe even more than that uh, the second year. I, I know we had some great matches at, at a couple of pay-per-views. Uh, I believe it might have been No Way Out. I think it's the time when I made him tap out, but, um, John, <laughs> I had to mention that. Yeah. You won't forget uh, John that. John was a lot better at this point in time. Um, and I'm, yeah, he, he still was, you know, he was still, he was still, he still had room for improvement, but he was getting better. Not only that, man, you got to think at this point, now John's been doing this. You two haven't, you know, he's always got to be looking forward to getting to work with you again. Right. Yeah, yeah, he knows he's gonna have to up his game, and uh, John John likes that. He's he's definitely uh, uh, he's definitely a warrior. Yeah, he's gonna go all in on that challenge, right? He wants yeah. he wants to wrestle uh, the best of the best. Uh, did you think at this point here, Kurt, two thousand five, that this was hey, this is my chance to finally you know reclaim the top spot here in the company? No, no, this was strictly for me to get John okay. over. Um, they, it's, the thing was with John is they were pushing him hard from the beginning. They started him out as a baby face, turned him heel for a minute, put him back baby face. The fans were like, I don't know this guy. I Listen, they've done this with many wrestlers, and they've messed up with many wrestlers. Um, the Rock's a good example. They started him out as a baby face. Fans didn't want to accept him. They right. didn't know him. They didn't like him. Uh, you know, they, they were booing him. And the more they pushed The Rock, the more the fans were like, you know what? I hate this guy. They did it with me. They did it with Roman Reigns. They did it with John Cena. It just, um, they should, they should start these guys out as heels and keep them heel for a while until they get over. And then you can make, make turn them baby face. And John, they were pushing him really hard to be a baby face at this time. And the fans weren't taking it. They were like, we know they're pushing this guy and we're not gonna, going to accept them until we want to accept them. Yeah, that's right. That's how the fans are. Yeah, we're going to rebel and do what we want to do. Yeah. You're not going to tell us what to do, machine. Uh, let's talk about the whole Cena-Bischoff dynamic. Do you think that the hopes of the company here is to kind of recapture the glory of the Austin McMahon story here with Bischoff and Cena? New generation, same storyline. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's what they were doing. You're uh, on the road. You're working with John and Shawn Michaels in some three-way matches, including in Puerto Rico. Any memories of those matches or, or those trips there? Uh, they they were great matches. I wish we could have done it on TV because we had this this match was down pat. I mean we we planned it out perfectly good. I'm telling you, Meltzer would have given us five stars. <laughs> you would have got <laughs> your five kidding. stars. But but no, it, for a triple threat, it would they were really good, really good matches. So you're having some stellar matches with Cena, Shawn Michaels on the road. The next Raw uh, is from Tampa. And here's the write-up from The Observer on this one. Angle came out and did a fantastic promo. For the first time, he's acting like a top guy 100%, with all the comedy removed. Cena called him out. Angle teased he was coming, uh, uh, but backed off twice. Cena finally turned his back, and Angle was on him. But when Cena made a comeback, Angle left. 
The segment was much better than it reads and did as good a job as possible in getting interest into a match people have seen several times before. Uh, but Kurt here, do you see a difference in the way here now? Finally, you're being positioned with John. Yeah, yeah, I was being positioned more seriously. I uh, wasn't doing the goofy Kurt Angle and the funny Kurt Angle. It was more of a serious heel type of Kurt Angle, and I really liked doing it. It, it was the it was the beginning of the wrestling machine. Yeah, which I'm a big fan of. But I like goofy Kurt Angle on the podcast. Please don't turn heel on me. Just want to say that. Uh, fuck you. I'd shit my pants. Uh, so listen, <laughs> you'd bring up the National Wrestling Hall of Fame into your promo. Uh, were you contributing to the promos here, Kurt, at this time? Or is this all scripting? Or what's this Everything like? that was amateur wrestling oriented, I added to my promo. Yes. Okay. Yes. They didn't mind me doing that. They wanted me to do that. The more I talked about it, the better. Well, Kurt, we move on with the storyline. The next week on Raw from Nashville, you open the show and you defeat your old friend from SummerSlam, Eugene, in four minutes. You ate him up. You ate his lunch. Uh, but the one comeback, he had, uh, you had Eugene acted like Jim Duggan. Ho! And the crowd booed. Do you think at this point Eugene's just way overexposed? Yeah, you know what? Eugene had a character that, that wasn't going to last long. Yeah. It was a short uh, short lived kind of character. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, you know, a kid with down syndrome that is wrestling. It, it was just a little different, uh, but he was entertaining. He was a lot of fun to watch, but after a while, the fans just got a little bit tired of him. Uh, we mentioned, I mentioned hacksaw, Jim Duggan. Did you ever get a chance to wrestle Jim Duggan or would you have liked to, to wrestle Jim Duggan? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? He wasn't the most technical wrestler, but he knew how to pull the crowd in. Yes. And anybody that can do that, I'm game for it. Have you met him at any chance over yes, time? Yes, yes, I met him a few times. Really nice guy. That's he, cool. He remind he he's the same in person as he is on TV. By the way, another cheap plug, ad free shows. Hacksaw's over there now. He's doing bonus That's shows right. for ad free. Right. Good for him. Yeah, so it's really great to hear him tell stories and stuff too. Two American heroes, Kurt. <laughs> you and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson from SaveWithConrad.com. Heads up, homeowners, all of a sudden your house is worth more than ever these last few years. But what are we going to do with that newfound equity? No, I'm not suggesting you sell your house or go buy something else. But didn't we all make this decision when we bought a house where we said, hey, someday we'd like to, and one day it would be nice if, maybe it's the dream kitchen, maybe it's an in-ground pool, maybe it's a man cave. But you've got this newfound equity. And I think we should use some of that equity to turn your house into your dream home with no money out of pocket. But even better than that, we're routinely helping folks do this and they wind up with a cheaper monthly payment. So if you got the dream house you always wanted with no money out of pocket and your payments went down, how easy is that? Find out how easy it is to turn your house into your dream home with no money out of pocket right now at SaveWithConrad.com. We can't wait to hear about your projects Tell us what your dream is. We're going to help you make it happen at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Uh, Cena, he does a run-in after, uh, and Travis Tomko would come out and lay out John, uh, with a kick to build to a match later on. Were you interested in, uh, having Tomko here as a heater? Well, the company wanted, uh, wanted me to do them a favor with Tomko, right? Have Tomko and try to make the kid build the kid, uh, teach him the ropes. Uh, so I didn't mind doing that. I actually liked Tomko very, a lot. Uh, he actually went ended up in TNA with me as well. So I got to know him really well. And he's one of my better friends. This is a time period where you're doing a lot of favors here. It sounds like to me, <laughs> yeah. you knew you were in the position to put John Cena over. Prostitute. You were the pro you were the hoe of WWE at this time. Oh, we'll <laughs> yes, just use him to put over Cena. We you know what? I I'll tell you why. Cause I'm so <laughs> fucking nice. 
<laughs> That's why Vince knew I was nice. Right. And he knew I would never say no. I always said yes. You were a yes man. I even said yes to stalking Booker T's wife, which I fucking hated. I mean, really. But Vince sure, Vince. What can I, I do for you next? <laughs> All right. So, uh, there you go. This is great. I love this. So you were saying, yes, Tomko was on board. They could have had Eugene Pena at WrestleMania. Sure. Vince what's next. <laughs> so we, we move on with the storyline. Cena defeats Tomko. It's a great showing from Tomko. So, uh, did you think though, because you're working here with him, trying to give him the rub, the angle dust, if you will, we'll call it. Did you think maybe he had the opportunity to be a top guy in WWE at some point? Yeah, yeah, but uh, he definitely had to work on his promo skills. You know, yeah. he he didn't do that much, but his in-ring work was really solid. I thought that eventually he could be a top guy, definitely. Well, and we knew that would never come to pass, so there's that. Uh, Cena, as Cena was leaving, you would jump him on the ramp and give him an angle slam. Uh, <laughs> two things. Let's talk about it. You're giving the, 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 the angle slam still. How bad does that ramp hurt? Oh, it hurts. It doesn't give. It's solid. It's it's like concrete, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I felt bad for Cena because when I angle slam, at least I land on top of him partly. <laughs> so you Cena don't get hurt? Take it all himself. <laughs> right. Is, and, and is there an, any way to protect yourself or your... You no, you just have to just man up it. and do it. Yeah. Right. You Nut up and, and take it. it. Right. You hold your breath and pray for the best. <laughs> And whatever happens, happens. Yes. Oh, man. Well, listen, Todd Grisham would ask you if taking cheap shots was a pattern for you, Kurt. And you had this to say. Pattern? Question mark. You're damn right it's a pattern. A pattern that proves that John Cena's reign as WWE champion is a farce. Week after week, Cena doing his chain gang. That's it. All about real seeing real. Do you want to see real? I'm the most real thing you'll ever know. And anyone that watches Raw knows that Kurt Angle deserves to be the WWE champion. And at Unforgiven, Cena, I'm going to take your ass to school because at Unforgiven, you're going to finally come to the realization I'm the most vicious son of a bitch in the WWE. Damn, I love this Kurt Angle. That's an intense Kurt Angle. <laughs> That's uh, that is my favorite Kurt Angle, dude. That's badass Kurt Angle. And that's honestly, when you look at this, and I did love the the comedy, but because of your background, that badass just resonates because you were a real life badass. The fans really bought into me as a wrestling machine, the badass. They really did. And and you know what, Vince McMahon's actually the one that wanted me to do that. He felt that I was doing too much comedy and that the fans weren't going to take me seriously. As much as I disagreed with Vince, and I still do, um, I think he did make the right decision. And you said comments like, this is about real seeing real. Do you want to see real? I'm the most real thing you'll ever know. And here's the thing. We've always been told that the word real is a no-no in the WWE. <laughs> so do, I mean, I think it, it definitely felt a lot more, especially like coming from someone like you, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm the real Olympic gold medalist. You're the realist real of the real champion. Yeah, I wasn't some fake champion. So, did you, know, you get any heat for throwing that in there, or no? No, the writers put, told me to say it. So okay. As much as they they were told not to say, have anybody say that, they wanted me to say that specifically. Very nice. Uh, the WWE Kurt at this time on the road isn't doing great. You would take on John Cena on a house show in Jonesboro in front of seventeen hundred people. John Cena and Kurt Angle. What is going on? That I mean, you put John Cena and Kurt Angle, everybody's it would sell out anywhere, you know, any arena. Well, you today. know what? I'll be honest with you. Um, business was down. Uh, mm -hmm. Rock and Austin were gone. Uh, I was injured most of that time in the in that three year span. Uh, so there 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 were a lot of new guys that were stepping forward and taking the old guys' places. But uh, we were in a cycle. You know, the business goes in a cycle all True. the time. It's always up and down, up and down. It just keeps revolving. Well, buddy, you're in Little Rock, and you cut a promo, and we got this promo. You ready for some intensity, one of your main yeah, eyes? let's hear it. All right, here we go. My name is Kurt Angle. I'm an Olympic gold medalist. I'm a four-time WWE champion. And I'm the greatest professional wrestler on this planet. And every single person watching me right now knows it. The general manager of Raw, Eric Bischoff, knows it. All you fans know it. John Cena knows it. You do see it, don't you? You would never admit it to your chain gang. 
But deep down in your heart, when you get back to your hotel room at night, and you look yourself in the mirror, you know I'm better than you are. You have your rap career, your Hollywood ambitions, but I know what's most important to you, see now, I know it's that WWE title. When you think about that, know that an unforgiven this Sunday night, I could take more than your WWE Championship. I hold your whole future in the palm of my hand, and you know it. Think about that, John. Think about all you stand to lose. Think about what the most vicious son of a bitch on God's green earth is gonna take from you this Sunday night. Think, Cena. And fear. Wow, even the face flinch at the end. <laughs> I was so angry. You were just, I don't, I could never cut a promo like that again. <laughs> I, I was like tripping up on all my, all my words like I do right now. <laughs> I don't know how I was able to do that. You wow. nailed it. You nailed it. And I'm <laughs> like, God, has, has Giovanna ever seen this side of Kurt? Holy <laughs> shit. She'd probably no, be like, I'm afraid of her. Yeah, she'd be like, Kurt, shut that fat app. <laughs> I could just hear it now. Oh man. You had to have loved this role here, dude. You can see it in your eyes. You're all into the intensity. You know what? Uh, part of me was really angry. This was around the okay. time where I was getting injured quite a bit. I had the, the painkiller issue. Yeah. You know, people were ignoring me, certain people. And I, you know, I was really, really angry at this point in time and, and mainly angry at myself for, for putting myself in that position. And uh, I was just like, I was, you know, I, I, I wasn't doing comedy ever again. Like it was me. I was going to be me, the angry individual. I was angry at the world, man. It was crazy. Well, and as we established here on the show at the time, you were WWE's hoe. So between that and being the hoe, the WWE. That's what pissed me off and got me angry is being the WWE's hoe. <laughs> no wonder you were pissed off. I mean, the Godfather was going to roll you out there as one of his hoes at one point. It was so bad. What the hell's happening here? Well, Angle, listen, Kurt, I loved this version of you. To me, uh, that was that's selling tickets promos like that the observer said main event here saw cena beat angle and tomko and twelve thirty nine. at least when cena is in a handicap match he knows his role to sell like crazy here we are kurt talking about cena in a handicap match with a tag team and you're involved and he's about to go on to a wwe pay-per-view or uh you know uh what do they call them now a premiere event or whatever it is they and he's about to do that again now in 2023 with with the bloodline isn't that something <laughs> yeah that is something I mean, it, I, honestly, the kid has a horseshoe up his ass. Oh, or okay. he's just that damn good. <laughs> he, yeah, yeah. So there's a cool spot here where it's a premium live event, by the way. I just had a brain fart. There was a cool spot when Cena had Tomko up for the FU and Angle got behind him and gave him a German suplex. Tomko was supposed to give Angle a high kick when Cena moved. The kick wasn't too high at all, but Angle was stunned, and Cena gave Tomko the FU for the pin. Post-match saw Angle lay out Cena with an angle slam, a low blow, and then wrapped his ankle around the post. He immobilized Cena while Bischoff was yelling in Cena's face as the show goes off the air. Man, this is a hell of a go-home angle here, Kurt, but Tomko, Tomko comes up a little short here, but you said it. He's still green. He's still learning here, right? Yeah, you know what? We, he fucked up. We, we all fucked up. Right. It was, it was a, it was a quick spot that he messed up on and you know, you have to just move on and go forward. That's right. I'm with you. Uh, the role of Cena in this match is pointed out by Meltzer and it's important to point out he's come a long way from when he made that main roster debut. And, uh, Kurt, I got to ask how much more of a leader here and how comfortable are you, you know, seeing the comfortability level are you seeing from John at this point? He was way more comfortable at the beginning. His first year, he was really tense Second year, he was a little less tense, but here he was starting to come into his own. There's, you know, the, the, the best John Cena didn't come till after I left, but he was still pretty good here in 2005. Well, Kurt, we have a real treat for you. We have the match at Unforgiven. It's uh, for those of you that want to check it out on Peacock, you can absolutely do so. Subscribe to us on YouTube. A little bit of a filter, but nothing that you can't still see the action. And uh, we're not going to talk through the whole thing. We'll listen to some and talk like we have lately over some of these watch-alongs. Uh, but this is the full match of you and Cena from Unforgiven. This took place on September 18th. 
2005 from Oklahoma City. And uh, we, we want to check this out. You ready for this, Kurt? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's, uh, let's check it out. Side headlock takeover by Kurt Angle, two-time All-American out of Clarion University in Pennsylvania, a 96 gold medalist in Atlanta in 220-pound freestyle wrestling. Hard knockdown by Kurt Angle. I think Cena's best chance to live tonight to fight another day is to get a brawl and get a fight started. And certainly he doesn't want to be a part of a wrestling match tonight, because that's not his forte. And so as we're watching this, Kurt, you gotta love JR's giving you those real stats about that just solidifies your he realism. He was the best at that, man. That that's what made him. He was incredible. Yes. Hey, when he was in WCW before he comes over here in the late '80s, early '90s, it was he was an Oklahoma University football player, junior senior year. He won the Scholastic Award for the. And you're like, my God! By the time he's done, you know everything about this guy, including blood type, social security number, how long <laughs> his dick was. That he was talking about, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like what? Are they? But it's All good. Stats. It, yeah, he loves stats. It's adding validity. Yeah. you know, to who you are in the ring and why you are a stud. And so just to hear him do that, just re re ups, reaffirms everything about you and what you've accomplished. So I love hearing that, uh, Kurt referee got to mention it. He's my guy, Mike Kyoto, big time referee here happening in this match. There's going to be a lot of fun here in this match. We're going to see another friend of uh, our ad free show community, Eric Bischoff, get involved in here. This was a fun time of the business Were you enjoying yourself. We've had some joked around about this time and you were going through a lot, but outside of some of that, were you having fun here in WWE? Yeah. Yeah. I always had fun getting in the ring. Uh, you know, every night I got to perform, it was a blessing and, um, that's why I had such a hard time when I retired. Um, but, but I knew I had to retire because I slowed down. I lost a step and it, I just wasn't the usual Kurt Angle that I always was. And I, I didn't want the fans to remember me at, at that point in time. Did you guys uh, plan out the match knowing that there was a chance the crowd may reject John as the baby face? No. And the reason is they weren't going to turn John heel. They were going to keep him baby face while he was champion. So there was no reason to change the match because we weren't going to change the format of who was baby and who was heel. They were going to keep me heel. They were going to keep John baby face. So it, we didn't have any reason to do that. Even though the fans were negative on John this night, this particular night, sometimes, you know what? The fans would cheer John depending on who he worked. But for some reason, the fans really liked me at this point in time. Yeah. I, I It was so hard for me to be a heel. I mean, I, you know, I was saying offensive stuff. Like I'm not a fan of black people. And you know, like it was just ridiculous. The shit I was saying and the fans were still cheering for me. And it was like, right. how can I be a heel? Like these fans, you know, but, but it was a blessing in disguise. I mean, I, it was cool to be over and, and for the fans to cheer for me, but I was really trying to get them to boom. Yeah. To your point, you were saying the most heinous over oh. the top thing nothing, yeah, nothing. I, how about I, I i you know if i were to pick one person in the world to make him tap out it would be jesus right i, I mean come like on saying some crazy stuff it's not it's not who you are at all as a person but really just trying to be a heat-seeking missile and yeah. uh and and actually Meltzer says here there was a lot of negative cena signs confiscated in the arena you could see on camera yeah they were the, taking the signs off the people yes before, before the main event yeah you could hear chance for kurt angle still the kids and women oriented chance for cena were much louder than the guys for angle buddy the entire cena run for me and my buddies i'm just gonna tell you we weren't cena fans okay we felt like he was getting shoved down our throats Deeper yeah, than that's you. how the fans felt, and that's yeah. what the WWE was doing. I felt badly for John at this point in time because he didn't deserve that. He was too good to be in that position. Yeah. Did you ever talk to John about how he felt about this, this, these, all these mixed reactions all the time, knowing he was the babyface? No, because I knew he had humility about it, and I, I didn't want to like go to him and say, "Hey, don't worry about that. You know, you're gonna get it back. Fans will start cheering for you." I didn't want to make him feel like he wasn't doing his job right when he was. He really was. He, there, there was nothing wrong with John Cena except the fact that the company was shoving them down people's throats. And that was the only thing that was going on that was wrong. 
And never while you're backstage with him, do you ever hear him complain about it? He just keeps, he just puts nope. his head, keeps his head down, keeps working hard, keep working. Fuck it. I'm doing my thing, whatever they want me to do. And you can see that kind of in his demeanor, even, you know, in the Listen, ring. John Cena is almost as close to perfect as there is. Oh. If, I, if I had a daughter, I'd want her to date John. That's oh, exactly wow. it. So, Guy has never gotten in trouble, has done all, all the right things, takes care of himself, is smart, intelligent, um, athletic. Just a really good guy. I has mean, been known, has been known to walk on water, turn water into wine at times. I mean, this is the <laughs> John Cena. <laughs> but no, but it, it just sounds like he's he was the prototype. So when you t think about uh, prototype as far as behavior and what you expect and a star. And I think that's why Vince and company backed this kid and made him. And I say kid, they they're the him. same they're age. They're in love with him. The, the, the face of their company. weren't ready to be in love with him. He was, that's why, but that's why he was the face of the company. Look at what he's done for charity work. You know what I mean? You, you were just, oh yeah. The, um, make a wish. Make uh, a wish. He's done like over 500 of them. It's, it's unbelievable. Incredible. Um, so you can't, even if you're not a fan of him being shoved down our throats, you can't help but respect the man yeah. for how he's lived his life, how he's carried himself. You know, they had the diva show where they had Nikki and Bree and all that. And he had house rules for Brian and Bree to live with them. And it was all this over the top shit. And you're like, this has got to be scripted. <laughs> like OCD shit. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you will be in your bedroom by nine 30 every evening. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how they you portrayed him. I'm like, this has got to be scripted. No one's like this. No, no. John's not like that, but I, I will tell you this, John, John's as organized and together as it gets. I mean, he, he has his shit together. That's good though. That is a good thing. Especially when you have all the balls to keep in air, like you guys do, Kurt, you're very regimented and, and, and everything's down to the calendar. And I got this at this hour and Paul, I got six 15 to seven 15 for the show. Yeah. I got this. At, <laughs> that's how you live your life though. You have to. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a little bit of OCD, you know, uh, a lot of people that are, are successful usually have it. Well, we continue on with the match here. You two are putting on a clinic, as we can see here. He's flinging him into the ropes. Back body drop, uh, sunset flip. Mike Kyoto down. Nope, two count. You kick out. So action is fast-paced here between the both of you. Um, we continue on with some thoughts from Meltzer. He said, there was a cool spot where Angle reversed an FU attempt into an angle slam, but Cena kicked out. Angle went for the ankle lock, but Cena, who was selling an ankle injury from Raw, kicked his way free. Cena came back with a five-knuckle shuffle for a near fall. Then we had our ref bump. So we're going to see Kyoto take a bump here soon. But, uh, Kurt, this leads to many more matches, and in no way was this the blow-off at all. So you guys kind of needed these types of things to keep this program going, didn't you? Yeah, and you know what? You don't want to frustrate the fans too much and have all these DQ matches. But we wanted this program to go on for a while. So we couldn't have a particular winner at this point in time. You know, at least not a decisive winner where someone got a pinfall or a submission. I think I win this match by DQ. So, mm -hmm. you know, it keeps the program going, keeps the fans interested. And at no time was there ever a plan or consideration to changing the title here? No, no, there wasn't. This was John's run as champion. They, they specifically assigned me to him to get him even more over. All right. Uh, we, uh, we continue on with some N Meltzer's thoughts here as we watch the match. You have uh, John and I guess it's a reverse bear hug basically here. Yes. Yeah, so, well, it's my German suplex setting up my German. Well, was. Oh, there it is. Yeah. And you got him. And now you're going to start taking him for uh, a few rides here. This is similar to your trip in Florida earlier this year with your wife. All right. So <laughs> then we go on here. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and no, Kyoto says no. All right, there we go. Now you are got your legs wrapped around them here and squeezing very tight. I'm tying them up in a pretzel. You are. You're, you you got your legs wrapped around them, trying to see if he'll give up. Now you got your arm under his head. I mean, you're just making stuff up at this point, aren't you? Doing anything you can. Oh, you know what I'm doing right now? I, I was cross-facing the shit out of his face. Yeah. It's like, easy, bro. Yeah, just the legs are enough. You don't need to start messing with my face. <laughs> uh, but this is good, man. It's good selling. Uh, we go on for Meltzer. Cena hit the FU, but no ref, which we're going to see the bump here soon. Angle kicks Cena low, then wrapped his gold medal and KO'd Cena. 
He then put on the ankle lock while Eric Bischoff comes out. So we're going to see an Eric Bischoff run in here soon. Uh, even someone like me who gives great latitude to creative license when it comes to dragging out submission holds because wrestling crowds usually get more intense the longer it's on. Uh, yeah, forget realism. If you want realism in a match, watch something real. Thought this went on way too long before Cena kicked Angle into Bischoff. So we'll have to well, kind of pay attention to that when we get to that part in the match. Do we think... Uh, he, as, as, as far as I remember, it was too long. Okay. Um, you know, but what do you do? You... You know, the only way to get your move back is you have to do it again the next match and have them tap out earlier. You know, you just have to make it more legit again because this was really long. I mean, listen, this was really putting Cena over, like really. Meltzer says, I mean, when you can't toast, when you, when you can toast bread while a guy is in the submission <laughs> and you either don't sell it as a ligament tear or a submission, that's a bit much, particularly when the story coming in was Cena having an injured ankle. So oh, it sounds like a disgruntled fan. Yeah. I mean, he was able to toast bread, make a sandwich <laughs> all during that spot. So I can't wait to see it here. You guys are now throwing some haymakers. Now this isn't, a, this isn't your style, but it's more Cena style throwing punches. Yeah. I did it for him. Yeah, I can tell. But you know what? They all look physical and all look like they hurt, and he just took your head off. Yes, he did. His arms, dude. That's got to, I mean, it's, you're taking 110% of that across your neck. Shoulder yeah, tackle. Yeah. He's supposed to come a little lower with the clotheslines, but he was going pretty high. <laughs> right around the neck. Yeah. And, <laughs> we and all we, do it. Yep. Oh. Hey, did you see while we're watching this, you barely kicked out at three. Did you see, I don't know if you saw it on social cause I know you're busy, but there was a spot recently in AEW where Moxley, um, they switched up the finish at the end and the referee went down to count one, two and Moxley's shoulder stayed down and the ref halted his count and pulled back oh, up. Man. Can you believe that? They had to do a finishing spot again, and then the guy finally let Moxley get pinned. Moxley uh, could see Moxley whispering uh, to him, but that it was the whole match, man. Blatant on live TV. Yeah. One, two, no, uh, and then stop. Shoulders are still down, dipshit. <laughs> the, the, the ref had all kinds of heat. Oh, confused. That ref, <laughs> he was waiting for. I don't know what he was waiting for. I got to talk to uh, Kyoto about that on the recent mailbag because, listen, he's like, hey, shoulders down, you go. You go. You have no choice. That's your job. Uh, figure it out at the end. But uh, just reminded me I'm of that. I'm not going to lie to you, uh, Paul. Some of these wrestlers, including me, will kick out at 9 and 999.9 tenths. Nah, that's true. So, you know, sometimes you're counting. You're like, okay, he's not he's, – he's supposed to kick out, but he's – you know, you just don't know because uh, when you kick out that late, it just really confuses you. It is, it is, but there is an art to it as a referee as far as that that false three count. And it's funny because sometimes I'll talk to Mike and we'll be watching an event or talk about it after, and he said he can see by body ticks or different twerks that a ref makes if oh, it's going to okay. be a three or, or it's going to be right, a false finish. Right. Wow, I and, never thought of that. Yeah, and because they each have their own kind of tick to them or whatever that you can say, oh, no, it's not a three. How they yank up on it or their back leg moves or something. Right. It is really interesting to hear how that's broken down from someone who did it for 30-plus years. But yeah, uh, here we go. Yeah, that makes sense. Here we go. He's he's uh, showing us for the five-knuckle shuffle. Um Let's see if he lands it here. Let's listen to a little commentary. Kurt, what are your thoughts on the five knuckle shuffle? Have you ever done the five knuckle shuffle? No. Okay. Just, all right. It doesn't look legit. I just, you know, it's it's all it's all entertainment. That's all it is, and and I I get it. it it's it's a fun move. Right. It's, a fun move. it's not an intense move. Right. Uh, Mike Kyoto takes the bump and he's out. He's making sure that little uh, listening device is still in his ear there while he's down. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's not in his ear? How does he get it back in? I know, right? Like, how do you fumble through that? And uh, especially he's supposed to be knocked out. I know, right? Oh, now Cena is smacking him around. 
like he's a like he's a I don't know what wet dish rag, and and we're gonna get some action here. Do you think it's tough to finish a pay per view? as far as we know how this all ends, right? I'm going to read a little bit towards what's going on here. Spill the beans. I know where it still isn't there yet, but you just kicked him in the dick, bro. Yes, I did. Uh, I think it was for real too. <laughs> bro, really? You just sat there and nailed him right between the legs and you're happy well, with yourself. Down. <laughs> but that's part of your character at this point. You're a badass. Yes, I'm a heel. Right. So Not you're a badass, a heel. Oh, okay. Badass would be a baby face. Here we go. So you're breaking all the rules at this point. Yep. Yep. I'm doing whatever I have to do to, to win this match. And I stuffed the metal just so nobody steals it. I stuffed it in my, in my singlet. Where it stays nice and warm. You go after Cena here. Let's take a listen. Kurt, this is this is why Dave Meltzer's toasting his bread right now. I know he he could literally toast his bread right now. This is this he wasn't is it. wrong. This is is this the longest ankle lock you've ever applied? Yes, yes, it is. I think Big Show was longer. Oh wow, okay. But th- there's an excuse for Big Show. His ankle was like uh, thirty inches. In it's like all right. It's like an elephant tusk, and, and <laughs> oh, and there, there you go. There goes Eric Bischoff. He's tossed out of the ring. And now we're going to listen to the chaos. Cena's got a reprieve, but will it be enough? A reprieve just for a moment. Yeah, but I think Bischoff called for the bell to be rung, didn't he? I don't believe he did. I think he might have had on his mind. He didn't get it done. Look out! Look out! The WWE title right in the face of Kurt no, Angle. No, no. What? Right in the face of Kurt Angle. And- Bischoff took a little I don't care mind. what happens out of this qualification. You listen to me. You do not, you do not give that title. You do not give that title to Cena. I don't care what the rules say. Because tonight, you made more than one. Hey! Oh, look out. Cena, the general manager on the shoulders. You can't do that. You can't do that to the boss, but Cena did it to the boss. Watching this as this happens, your mouth is busted open. I'm assuming that was hard way. It was the hard way. I think it was a punch from Cena. Oh, oh. listen, this kid has knocked four of my front teeth out before. Oh. All hey, hard way. We we hey, we forgive each other because we both potatoed the shit out of each other. You don't think a lot of those kicks I just hit him with were oh, yeah. Oh yeah. 
And here you go. You're now taking them over to the Spanish announce table because why not? Back in those days, it was always the Spanish announce table. Coach and JR seemingly get the pass, clearing the table off. I'll read what Meltzer says. Cena grabbed the title belt, nails angle. The ref saw it, called the DQ. Bischoff's furious. Uh, Cena gave Bischoff the FU, which we saw. Angle jumped Cena and was beating all over him. Cena comes back here at the end of the show. And here we go. He puts Angle through the Spanish announce table. Boom, there it is. Angle right through the Spanish announce table. We're about to go off the air. That was basically kissing up to the audience and giving them a big pop at the end since they weren't giving them a main event finish. Three stars from Meltzer. What say you? What do you think about this finish to end the pay-per-view? DQ. Anytime it's a DQ, it's shit. I, I just don't, I don't like DQs. I think they're... The only, the only reason why you use them is to continue on the program. If you don't want one, one guy to have an edge over the other, you want them to both be equally matched, you do a DQ. So, you know, I, I'll take that, but I, I'm not a big fan of it. Meltzer goes on, even before the finish, this match was disappointing. It wasn't nearly at the level of the Cena-Jericho matches, nor the prior Angle-Cena matches, but it was still better than 90% of the Cena matches that you'll see. So uh, there you go. Uh, final thoughts there from uh, Dave Meltzer. But again, uh, I think uh, Dave is right about that. But okay. I also, I believe that the finish is the main reason why he felt that way. Yeah. And you guys would continue to work on uh, Shawn Michaels, as we said, he would be ended up being brought back into the mix. There was a taboo Tuesday match uh, that would end up occurring. Later on after this, then you end up in an elimination chamber. I mean, the, the storylines continue here. But uh, you've already mentioned it a few times through the show. At this point, though, you know John has definitely evolved as a worker. Oh, yeah, yeah. He improved 1,000%. Um, watching him tonight at this point in time uh, here in 2005, he was 100 times better than he was in 2003. And that's, that's all I ask is that he continues to improve. Uh, but I will tell you this, John Cena's best work came when I left in 2006. I mean, his best work was like 2011, 12, 13. Uh, that's when he really came into his own. But he was still pretty damn good. Back he would go on to do a lot of good stuff I enjoyed with Edge, the rated R superstar. They had a good uh, feud. And so uh, there was some good stuff there. It's always been said, Kurt, that Arn Anderson was John's favorite agent. Uh, did Double A that you recall help put uh, some of this match together? Yes, he did. But I had my guy there too, Pat Patterson. Ah, so there you go. We had two different agents working on it. Hey, two amazing minds for the business. Yes, and, definitely. Mm. So there we go. Kurt, we have a few fan questions, and then we're going to get out of here for this week. It's been a lot of fun. Michael says, Kurt, what was it like working with Eric Bischoff at Unforgiven? I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I wasn't a huge fan of Eric because I didn't really know him. I thought he was like an asshole. But <laughs> meeting him for the first time, he was actually a really cool dude. Yeah. I really got along with him. Uh, no problem there. I just thought he was an arrogant prick, and he wasn't. So it surprised me. <laughs> he uh, He's a very intelligent individual and can easily come off that way until you get to meet him personally. So yes, I totally yes. understand what you're saying. that he's very humble and kind. Yeah. Yes. JJ98. Hey, Kurt and Paul, loving the show. You faced John in some way from 2002 till 2005. How noticeable, and you just talked about it, was his in-ring improvement as well. Which did you think was your best match against him? So you said his in-ring improvement was obviously very noticeable. What do you think that was your best all-time match against John Cena? I think because of the way the match was structured in 2003, um, the pay-per-view match where I wrestled John, I thought that was better. I think the fans got behind it. Even though the fans, you know what? I will tell you this. Meltzer was wrong about the fans. They were behind this match that we just watched. Fans were really into it. I don't know what he was talking about where he was saying the fans were his, you know, pro good match, but it would, they were pretty into it. But in 2003, we had a match there. No mercy. And I tore it down. It was no mercy. Yes. Yeah. And John and I, it was our, I would say by then we probably worked each other 10 times. So we had some good chemistry going, but then we took a couple of years off and then I started working with him in 2005 and uh, we had to kind of pick up back, back, back up the tempo to get the chemistry back. So this was our first match back. 
Uh, Dylan has a great question for you, Kurt. He said, had Kurt stayed in WWE instead of heading to TNA? So this is one of those, you know, what if questions. Does he think Cena could have been his greatest rivalry? Yes. Yes, I do. I think Cena or Brock Lesnar. Uh, one of those two, uh, without a doubt. And if Eddie Guerrero was still alive, I think Eddie would have been my biggest, uh, mm. biggest, um, uh, I guess storyline or whatever. Yeah. You want to call it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your foe, your biggest rivalry. Yeah. I gotcha. He would have been the, the rock to your stone cold or the, yes, yes, exactly. You always but needed better, that but better. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Fernando Diaz. Great question. Any good behind the scenes stories with John Cena? You know what? I didn't really hang out with John, but I'll tell you this. I think I told you before, Paul, um, I would wake up at five in the morning and catch my flight. And John would be coming back. He just went out drinking all night. I mean, this was every week. I'm like, John, I don't know how you do this, man. You're you're drunk. You're coming in at five in the morning. I'm late leaving to go home to see my family. I said, man, you're freaking crazy, man. He was he was a machine. He was something. He he really was. Keith Langley uh, says, and we've talked about this. Did you feel that you should have won the WWE Championship around this time in your career instead of being the WWE ho? <laughs> he didn't say that part. I did. Uh, you know what? It wasn't. It wasn't my time. It was John Cena's run. You're this just such a nice guy. He had a good good little run too. Uh, yeah. But no, no, I I already won the title four times. I think I won two more world titles before I left WWE. So in six years, I won six world titles, which isn't too bad. Um, if I would have continued to stay with WWE, I probably would have won 17 or 18 world titles. All right. We'll do just a couple more questions and then we'll wrap up queen of wrestling. When do you think Kurt Cena was in his in-ring prime? A lot of people hate on his in-ring work, but I think he was an, he was amazing inside the ropes from 2012 to 2018. I agree. I think he was better later in his career. Uh, that's when he came into his own. Uh, that's when he became an in-ring leader where the boys were listening to him and he was leading the matches. So that, that was John's best 2011, 12, 13. Yes. Final question from Simon nickel. I'm a good lip reader and Kurt during this era, you were saying a lot of bad words during your entrances. Wow. This is great. Did the, you suck chance ever get to you or was it you just playing the character hashtag ask Kurt? I was just playing the character, but you know, I Vince didn't want me to swear, <laughs> but I didn't know how to get angry without swearing. I was like, I have to, when I'm mad, you motherfucking prick. Like I have to say swear words. So I had to pretend I was mad. The only thing was coming out with swear words. Well, I can't believe this guy was reading my lips. That's awesome. I would love, hey, yeah. Simon, next time you you, you, you write, send in a question, just, just give us a few of those phrases and terms that you saw Kurt say. Yeah, we'll, please. We'll read I'm them aloud. Please, what I say. Yeah, right. Fucking sons of bitches. That's <laughs> going to be great. Kurt, this was a blast. Uh, next week, you and I are going to be discussing No Surrender 2009. So we bounce back and forth a lot. We're we're going to do it again. We're going to TNA championship. You're defending your TNA championship in a five-way match with, listen to this, AJ Styles, Hernandez, Matt Morgan, and Sting, along with Bobby Lashley's TNA debut. Uh, so that's going to be fun, man. Listen, guys, you can watch No Surrender 2009 right now on Impact Plus and get ready for the Kurt Angle show and all our shenanigans. And you can go to impactwrestling.com forward slash packages and sign up with code Kurt right now. That helps Kurt and I out tremendously. So check it out again, impactwrestling.com forward slash packages and sign up with code Kurt. If your business targets 25 to 54 year old men, there's no better place than to advertise right here than with we two knuckleheads. That's right. Paul Bromwell and Kurt angle on the Kurt angle show. You've heard us do ads for some of the same companies over and over again. And it's because it works. People are listening. They, they are entertained by your Olympic hero. His uh, blue eyes on YouTube have reeled in our female demographic. And so we want to make sure that we are getting those advertisements out there. So listen, go to advertisewithangle.com right now and find out more about advertising here on the Kurt angle show. That's advertisewithangle.com. And again, you can follow us on social media. We have all the handles out there. We would ask that you check out youtube.com forward slash 
the angle pod and like subscribe and turn on notifications. Just don't watch it. Like it, comment on it. It runs algorithms. It sends it to other people. It helps other people then see our product and maybe they'll subscribe to the nonsense and the good times that we have here together every week on the angle pod. And we would love you for it. Kurt, I'm going to turn it over to you. Were you able to find the smart snacks over there in your new setup? Yeah, I had to like scooty poop on over to the <laughs> scooty poop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Chicken snacks. Snack smart crispy protein bites. One's organic plant protein, one's chicken protein, and we have whey protein. There are 11 different flavors. They're all incredible. You absolutely love them. Go to physicallyfit.com to order yours. If you use the promo code ANGLE, Angle Pod, you'll get 20% off your first order. Or if you want to go on and sign up as a lifetime member, you'll get 20% off the rest of your life. But I I promise you, you're going to love these. My favorite right now at this point in time is honey mustard. That's the key one for me right now, and I absolutely love them. I eat them every day. They're part of my diet. That's the flavor of the week. You heard it right here on the Kurt Angle Show. Honey mustard. Kurt, not only that, Project One Nutrition, talk to us about your amazing protein, cookies and cream. All right. Kurt Angle's American Dream Cookies and Cream Protein. Go to projectonenutrition.com. You can order it. You can also get the commemorative box set if you want. We still have like 100 ah. left over. And uh, there's a bunch of Kurt Angle merchandise in there. But the protein is about $40, $48, I believe. The commemorative box set, I believe, is $120. But you're getting a lot of Kurt Angle merchandise with it, along with a signed photo. But uh, go to physically or go to projectonenutrition.com to order yours. There you go. So ch check it out. Cookies and cream, GNCs nationwide. Uh, Kurt, I got to tell you something. You still got that photographic memory. It's like, Kurt, tell them about this. And then it's the whole, you have it like the back of your hand, brother. It's amazing what you're well, able to do. Cheat you, right? Okay, never mind. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. All right. Uh, KurtAnglebrand.com. Check it out. Go to the site. When you pull that picture up, you see him slinglet wearing stud muffin. He is our Olympic hero. He's got cowboy hats milk cartons. He's got, uh, all kinds of cards. All right. So if you want a birthday card, you can get one from your Olympic hero photographs. Kurt, what do you have on that site? A whole ball of wax. Yes, there it is. Yes. And I, I want to tell you that, um, I ha I have an over influx of cowboy hats. If people, <laughs> there's a sale on cowboy I ordered, hats, I ordered a big shipment, but I haven't sold many in the last, nobody week. gives a damn about the cowboy hats. So if you want, there's a, oh, you could, you could order two or three. I think it should be mandatory wear on your golf cart. If you're on the golf cart, you got to wear a cowboy hat. Just house rules. Are you talking about me or people? The whole family. Anybody going to ride, it's got to wear a cowboy hat. That would be awesome. You guys are on your cowboy hats riding around. That's got to be a TikTok <laughs> video. Like That's got to be a TikTok video right there. <laughs> the whole family in your little cowboy hat. You know what? We might do it now, Paul. I think you should. I think there you go. Uh, hey, by the way, has have we gotten any Giovanna run-ins? Because we have a listener, my buddy Steve, who's like, Paul, I didn't see Kurt look to the side that much on the shows and i'm like well, listen you know the reason why you don't see me looking to the side now because the door's right in front of me so I, I, if you see me looking up i'm looking at her and i'm like well you know why i'm so distracted because when she walks in she's nude okay so that's what down to the yeah yeah I love it. down to the peach see i wasn't lying i wasn't lying so of course anyone would be distracted so we don't we don't blame our man kurt angle hey, for looking at the hottest woman on the planet and that's exactly what you should say, buddy. I love I'm, it. I love it. I'm just it. being honest. <laughs> I know. I know. As she kicks you right underneath the desk. Hey, listen, before we get out of here, do you want to share with our fans about my bookie? No. <laughs> okay. We'll save my next bookie. Week. We'll save my bookie for next week. I could tell when you froze that it Every wasn't happening. <laughs> oh, sounds good. Guys, look at listen, check us out, Box Gimmicks. I'm sporting the angle sweatshirt. It's starting to be fall. I know he's still t-shirt wearing, but that guy, he's <laughs> he's not human. I am, and it's starting to get cold. And we got sweatshirts. I have Marine over there loading up sweatshirts with the different graphics that we have. So grab a Kurt Angle Show sweatshirt or t-shirt, whatever you like, and we would appreciate it so much. On behalf of your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, this is Paul Bromwell. We'll be back here for more frivolity and nonsense and wrestling fun right here on The Kurt Angle Show. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. 
Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen.